Hey Pod people, I'm Benjamin Alaco. And I'm Carrie. And this is Last Year's Horror. That was pitchy for me, I apologize. This is the podcast where we discuss horror movies that came out last year. This episode, we'll be discussing Us, a movie that reminds us that people who wear a single glove should never be trusted, (laughs) no matter how stylish it looked in 1983. That's the lesson I learned anyway. Of course, Us was written and directed by Jordan Peele. It's his second feature-length film following Get Out, which launched Peele into the stratosphere as a new master of horror in 2017. Us came out two years later on March 22nd of 2019. It stars Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Shahadi Wright-Joseph, sorry if I butchered that, Evan Alex. Uh, and we also got some other people in there. Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss also make an appearance. All right. I guess, uh, DJ, can you play that dope ass theme music? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she did it. If it's not this year's, it must be last year's horror. Horror. It was a horrible year, but have no fear, just horror. That we're talking about Cause if it's not this year's It must be last year's Horror Horror And if it is this year's We'll talk about it next year On last year's Horror And we're back To talk about us We're joined by our friend Ariana Switchblade Hello, hello What an honor (laughs) Hey Switchblade Hey Hi Ariana So We've known each other for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say we're pretty good friends. Yeah, I would think so. We like to go thrift shopping together. We're in sync. We are in sync. <laughs> um, was there anything else you would like to say? No, I think uh, I'm think I'm ready to dive right in. I'm excited. Do you like horror movies? That's just I what I was going to ask. I do. I do. I grew up watching them. My first one was actually It when I was five years old. And nice. uh, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, we're glad to have you here. Yeah, Thank for you. sure. So, to kick off our discussion, we're going to start with a round of one-minute spoiler-free reviews. So, if you haven't seen the movie, no worries. Oh, and I always have to go first. Okay. Spoiler-free review. So, the first time I watched this, I loved picking up on all the, like, images throughout and, like, references. And it was still fun. The second time, I caught myself playing the game of, like, how many things you could spot. Um, overall, I thought the writing is really well written. Again, the second time watching it, I picked up on so much more than I did the first time. I guess that's all I have to say for now, because I'm going to start giving spoilers like I always do. Well, I was going to say, so in your review, like, do you feel like you enjoyed it both times that you watched it? I did. I feel like it was not... Parts of it weren't as enjoyable the second time. Yeah. But... I, I feel like it's one of those movies that once you kind of know the spoiler, it's like The Sixth Sense. Once you know the spoiler, you're like, eh, there's right. no suspense anymore. Right. But you can still enjoy parts of it. Right. Ariana? Overall, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was really well written. I especially enjoyed the music mm-hmm. and the scoring. Mm-hmm. I think it was really well done. Um, I think I can talk about that without spoiling too much. <laughs> but um, overall, I really think it was a good movie. I do think it has a larger social commentary mm-hmm. to it. Um And I agree with Ben that a single glove should never be trusted. (laughs) Um, But overall, yes, I enjoyed it. It, It's just not practical. No, it's not. What if your other hand gets cold? Yeah, exactly. I mean, protect both hands, right? (laughs) So I liked it 
I agree with Carrie that it is different the second time you watch it. Okay, so there's a twist in this movie. I think I can say that without really spoiling anything. My whole gripe with the movie, and I think this is an unfortunate thing when any story has a twist that the whole story kind of hinges on, is that if you see the twist too early, it can just feel kind of cheap, and then you're just kind of like, okay, I get it. And that was how how it was the first time I watched it, but I went with it. And the second time, I was picking up on more things, which made it fun. But there's definitely logic issues with this movie. And I almost... I said this after the first time, too, because we saw it in theaters when it came out. I said, I wish that they just left logic out of it and just went with the whole... It doesn't matter what really happened to get these people down there. They're just a creepy thing that's happening. And deal with it, but instead they kind of throw in some, like, rules almost, but none of it really makes much sense when you think too hard about it. And I think ultimately for me, that's the movie's big flaw. It's very well written, but the logic when you start to think about it too much, you just kind of go... It's pretty much nonsense, but it's kind of a fun ride. There was an attempt at a backstory. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right, exactly things going on below the surface, so to speak. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, so now it's time to discuss the movie in more detail, which means lots and lots of spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, proceed at your own risk. Okay, so movie opens up. Uh, We get the text in the very beginning uh, telling us about abandoned tunnels Mm -hmm. and all that fun stuff. You know what bothers me about this? I, I feel like I'm going in strong about what bothers me. Like I should calm down a little <laughs> Go bit. Go for it, though. Go for it. Dive in. <laughs> um, so the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting because there are like thousands of tunnels underground. But most of them, we actually know why, yeah. why they're there. <laughs> yeah, right? So I don't like it. Why? How it was like, we don't know what's going on. It's like, yes, we do. Calling bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, right. And a lot of them, I hate to say it, but have caved in. Sure. True. So they're not usable anymore. Just logic. I also feel like it was the first thing that they alluded to pretty much straight on. And it took so long to get to the tunnels. Right. And I feel like that kind of goes to that an attempt at a backstory. Mm -hmm. And maybe if it was done throughout and kind of the point of the tunnels was a little bit more throughout, I could have appreciated the tunnels more. Yeah, definitely. Because it is kind of a gap you go from like learning about tunnels to like you're at a carnival thing or boulevard or I, whatever but I, I was okay with it because i'm like okay we're gonna learn more about this as the movie goes on and i think that that was okay and it does pay off but yeah my issue was this is getting way far ahead but when they really start to talk about the tunnels are were made by people you know they were put here and the here's why i think the people were down here and i mm-hmm. that was where i was just like you didn't have to explain it. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'd am i rather go with almost like a magical realism, you right. know, mm-hmm. let the subtext speak for itself, sort of. Right. Mm-hmm. I do understand the fascination with the tunnels, though. I will say yeah. that. I am wearing my alma mater tea sweater, sweater, 
What is this? A sweatshirt? <laughs> Hoodie. Whatever. Um, I went to Randolph Make a Woman's College. Holla. Plug. And, uh, well, you know, it's no longer really. It, yeah, they changed the name. It's co-ed. We're not going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but so we were obsessed because they had the old servant tunnels from when the school was like Ew. just for rich white girls right and so like you would put the food in under the trays mm-hmm. under the tunnels and then pull them up through the like pulleys so mm-hmm. we were wait you had secret tunnels at your college yes we did too actually we what? were obsessed yeah. with getting in these tunnels us too and i have i got into one or two i found the blueprints for the whole tunnel system but the person hit it before i can make copies of it like so many good times trying to find Um, these tunnels slash getting into tunnels mm -hmm. when are you gonna write this uh i don't know if it would be i'm not allowed i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about certain things but yeah i guess a novel (laughs) yeah okay i would read it it's fiction yeah yeah in air quotes yeah well i'm glad that my school wasn't the only one that had tunnels because that's what i mean like usually it was for a practical reason we're not going to talk about how slavery was practical that's not a thing but right you know like Ugh. it was i didn't i'm not trying to <laughs> we're not for slaves on this show well it's on theme with like i think what this movie's trying to say i think and, so too mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but um yeah usually tunnels were for domestic servants it's so fucked up right. or like um you know mines and that yeah. kind of thing. So the tunnels themselves, I think, you know, the movie has a cool um, focal point in that sense. I can't think of anything else that's really explored that, um, except I don't know if you noticed, but in the, the in that opening shot where they're um, on the TV and it's the Hands Across America and stuff, mm-hmm. um, Chud is one of the VHS tapes yeah. that's uh, on the shelf, and that's <laughs> yeah. like a sewer dwelling creature. Ah, there's also the Goonies, yeah. and that's like yep. going through like caves and tunnels and right. stuff. Yep. Yeah, that yep. is true. See, I guess that's the privilege of seeing it the second time. Is I didn't notice that things. So I did notice the. <laughs> 11 at 11 yeah. on the news and I did also notice the Hands Across America and yeah. I was like, ah, oh, this is probably going to be important. Lots right. of Easter eggs and that's one of the strengths, I think, of this movie is that yeah. it, it is rewatchable for sure. Well, should we move on? Yes. Um, we haven't even... We're still on the opening <laughs> the first, text. Sorry, <laughs> tunnels are fascinating. Um, so, okay, yeah, like like Ariana just said, there's like a scene where we have the news and we get some more Easter eggs and then we're at the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. 1986. 1986. Right. It's a child with her family. And the thing I like is they very subtly show that the dad is kind of like the quote unquote lesser parent, like mm-hmm. the useless right. One that probably drinks a lot and... He's playing the games at yeah. this play. Yeah, at the boardwalk. I'm like, dude, <sighs> yeah. if if he was like, hey, my child, would you like to play whack-a-mole? None of this would have happened. Right, right. But no, he wants to... <laughs> he wants right. to play whack-a-mole. Yeah. Dick. So, I I will say that I loved that all the, the uh, workers were like 80s punks. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> one was like in a in a denim jacket with some studs and the other one had like a black flag yeah. t-shirt. Yep. I was like, yes. <laughs> yep. And that's where we first see, well, not first see, but that's where we see Jeremiah 1111. Yep. Yes. That homeless dude has been hanging out at that spot for 30 something years. Yes. What else are you going to do, man? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, this guy is dedicated to his Bible passage and it's the, it's the same Bible passage the whole time. The whole time. That's, yeah, dedication right there. Ari, Diana looked it up. Do you remember? I did. I don't remember all of it. I can pull it up. 
So Jeremiah 11, 11 um, in the King's James Bible says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Oof. It's pretty heavy. Ouch. It's very heavy. Yeah. I also like how you specified King James Version. Yep. <laughs> um, so little Addie uh, walks down the, to the beach. She just walks away from her parents and she wanders into the vision quest Um Oh, the shaman's vision quest, find yourself here. I wrote a spooky beach, angry ocean sky. <laughs> yes, yes. That is a great shot, though. I loved the, the mm-hmm. shot of the lightning, the storm on the horizon. That was just, I mean, well really nice to look at. I do have a question. Go for a, it. A legitimate question. Yeah. How the hell do you eat a candied apple? They're she very didn't. difficult. Yeah. She dropped it. I would have dropped yeah. it, too. Yeah. I, have you never eaten a candied apple? I have tried and I could not. So that's why I'm asking, how the hell do you eat a candy um, apple? It's really, you get really messy. You just get candy. It's really candy. sticky. It's gross. Yeah. You candy all over your face. Because caramel apples are the way to go. Yeah. Really, th- I think that's how parents get kids to pull out their baby teeth. That's the real <laughs> answer. I remember like refusing to eat it until my mom sliced it up for me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had some as a kid, but I remember being like, this is fucking work. Yes. Yeah. This, this snack is yeah. a chore. When she, I'm sorry. <laughs> when she dropped it, though, I wrote, fuck a candy apple. Yeah. <laughs> I was very proud of her for dropping it. Like, I was like, yeah, how do you eat it? Like, just exactly. toss it. Never mind. That's ultimately the message of this movie is that candy apples are just bullshit. Right. And Along with one handed. Thank you. Love that's what pairs. I was going for. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. why we're friends. We're saints. <laughs> um, so, so she goes in and she's in the hall of mirrors Mm -hmm. and ultimately she you know bumps into herself walking backwards and that's where she sees something and then we get the cutaway Mm -hmm. and we have the credits over the bunnies and cages Mm -hmm. i love the bunny shot yeah what did you guys make of the symbolism of the rabbits because i feel like there's so much emphasis on it i meant to look it up too um what were you gonna look up because i know like rabbits feet are lucky yeah that's um, true and then rabbits are also like a zodiac sign like for the chinese chinese zodiacs that's true so i feel like z- rabbits have a lot of meaning that's the thing though i don't think the from the way they were displayed in the or, or portrayed in the movie i don't think it was any sort of traditional sense of a rabbit means something i feel like the movie they, was trying to create its own language for I, what the rabbits mean the way i picked up on that at least as far as the way they were displayed it was almost scientific mm-hmm. like they were there for testing Right, or for right. some other purpose, because they're in that. That's what I. That's what I thought. But I wanted to hear what you guys think, and and if I was crazy or not, um, or or like just way out in left field. No, I because they're in cages, so immediately you get the sense that they're caged up, mm-hmm. and right. then in the other world, they're out free, like they're on right. shirts and they're like on right drawings, and they're out and they're free in the world and right. can see the sky. Yeah, yeah, they can be little bunnies. Yeah, so it's just like I I think this time I I felt it was just a symbol for the literal like cage of of the what they call them the shadows yeah uh, yeah that's what i was mm-hmm. thinking as yeah because well. you see them again and they're all over the halls uh, when, they're they re- when they come yes. back down there yeah yes and i actually here i wrote down that they had 
children's Latin choral music playing. Oh, yeah. And right. the way that the, the music is written, it's, it's very regimented and it's in... It's in eighth notes. It's very straightforward, which we get later on that the life of the shadows had to be very regimented and perfect Ooh, and straightforward. I like that. Yeah. yeah, I forgot to mention that Ariana knows music. <laughs> I, so, I know, Carrie, you know Latin a little bit. You studied uh-huh. Latin. Um, I think I'm trying to remember. Seven and I'm, years of Latin. <laughs> I'm trying to remember and not pull it up right now, but I think... I think I read that that music was actually nonsense. That they it just... didn't sound like anything to me. Right. <laughs> I wasn't paying. I blocked a lot of it out. <laughs> Fair enough. I um, was never good at Latin. Let me throw that out there first of all. And then now I, I just block it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, so after the bunnies, we cut to present day and it's um, we're on a road trip and it's adult Addie and they are on their way to essentially their family beach house or vacation house. I think I missed it. Who is that her family's house? Yeah, Does she own it? So how she grew up in. That's what I thought because there's a moment. I didn't pick that up either. I wasn't able to tell. Yeah, there's a moment where she sees her younger self dancing True. there. And I was like, I didn't, I wasn't sure if she was kind of imagining that as, but, or remembering it. You know what I mean? So for me, when it was like a children's picture of like a young woman and her mom, and then mm. it was like the rest of the house had all this art in it. And like, I just, I knew it was her childhood house. Okay. That makes sense. Especially with the box of mementos in the basement. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's actually, you know, there's fun banter and we get to know this family a little bit. Uh, you know, just them as people. They're like, you like this family. I like, I liked all of them from that shot onward. Mm-hmm. You, you root for them. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the strengths of the film too is that you, want the characters to survive so bad. I think it does a really good job of making them into people. Mm -hmm. I did also want to say that the first time I watched it, and again the second time, I like instantly was comparing Addie to a rabbit because of the way she was eating her food. Mm, And she was eating eating all this, she was eating strawberries and the rest of the family was eating fast food. And she was just taking like these little teeny tiny nibbles, like like a little That's bunny. Ah, see, I did write down that she was eating strawberries, but I just thought that that was <laughs> weird because when the rest of the family was eating fast food. But now that I think about it, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I did also write down that from the beginning, Jason is wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And did you notice his name is Jason? And there's another famous Jason yes. who wears a mask. Yes. Wait, you might have been watching one of the sequels this afternoon. <laughs> I did. I watched uh, Jason Lives actually this afternoon while I was putting together um, uh, like a hutch top for carrying out a new shelf. So <laughs> I put that yes. on as background noise, basically. So, so that was my first thought this time. I was like, wait a second. It was on my mind. Yeah. So, yeah, we get to know them. They they get to the house. Um, there's just like good like I said, good banter in that whole scene. Um, we do. We are introduced to the magic trick lighter thing mm-hmm. in that moment as well in in the car ride we also get a flashback we do we get a flashback to addy with her mom and dad in the other room at her therapist's office and the therapist says that she needs to help that the parents need to help her tell us her story through like Mm -hmm. art and dance and so 
Ariana, this was your first time watching this movie, right? Yes. When did you realize that she was the girl from the underground? So I had a feeling throughout just based on the way that she was kind of acting in those little vignettes or flashbacks towards her family. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't really get to know Addie too well before the switch. Right. So I had a little like a little bit of an inkling. It wasn't until she was sort of fighting with herself later on in the movie, honestly, where it kind of hit me. I'm like, oh, wait, this is... Mm-hmm. This is the shadow. Right. Mm-hmm. Carrie, what about you? I think it was the same with Ar- like as Ariana. I think I had a feeling, especially when she started freaking out about the beach early right. on. I was like, yeah, like I was like, well, I get PTSD, but right. something, I don't know. I just, there are little things that you could kind of be like, wait a second throughout the movie, but mm-hmm. I can't exactly pinpoint mm-hmm. when yeah. I knew. I, so I'm trying not to. I remember you knew pretty early on because I remember you looking at me in the theater and you just had this look on your face. (laughs) And then when it was over, you were like, I knew it. Well, I don't want to oversell it because I I did feel like I wasn't 100% sure, but it was actually that flashback where the mom says, I just want my little girl back. And I was like, got it. Figured it out. Okay. She's the girl from the underground. And I feel like that's a big clue. Like, yeah, yeah. it was so (laughs) on the nose. And I felt like. It may have just been a little bit heavy handed, but I will say the movie does enough and it builds up enough goodwill throughout that I was okay if it did turn out that I was right. And I wasn't, I wasn't annoyed even if I was right. And there were points Mm -hmm. throughout where I was like, maybe not, maybe this movie's going to go a different direction. And I, to be honest, I sort of wish that they didn't stick with the twist and it, she did just see the girl, but so much hinges on the fact that they switch that's right. ultimately the catalyst for the entire movie so spoiler yeah what are you gonna do <laughs> so this scene was when i realized that we never see the dad's face full on like it's always from the side or you see like his back or his hands or he has like the t-shirt over half of his face and he's you know yeah. oh her dad yeah her right. dad. oh okay yeah 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 i thought that was interesting that's interesting mm-hmm. i also just realized that there's kind of a juxtaposition maybe between the forest that they're driving through on the way to the house and the forest that's in that shaman's visions Uh quest yeah yeah that's awesome yeah Yeah. i just said good like you're a student good job (laughs) job. thank you thank you gold star today So they're at the house for a little while. We get some, we get a lot of setup in those early moments too. And this movie is very efficient at setting things up. The exposition is great. We show everything that's going to come back later in the movie. Like the boat is set up. The fact that the motor is all fucked up and you have to bang on it. Like that's Mm -hmm. showed very clearly. The fact that the boat turns. The spider um, crawling out from the other spider's shadow. Yep. The way that the kid gets locked in the closet and he uses that little toy. I think it's an ambulance Mm -hmm. to, to block the door. All of those things actually pay off, which is just a sign of a very well-written movie you Mm -hmm. missed the ballet dance studio in the basement of my childhood dreams yep yep (laughs) and still adult dreams (laughs) we can make that happen so um so yeah lots of lots of good uh good things being set up here and then they drive to the beach and then we get that line that links this movie to the last 
two movies that we talked about because well, before we go there, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, okay, one, okay, one, okay. one placeholder. One, just I got excited. Go one, for it. One, one note. Um, so in the car ride, the girl is like looking through her phone, and then mm-hmm. she goes, "Oh my god, no one cares that the Earth is going to end." And I yeah. was like, "Oh, I wrote that verbatim quote." Yep. I don't even remember that. Yeah, she's talking about fluoride in the water. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And like government surprise, controlling surprise. us yep and then yeah so yeah. what does the kid say he says don't be such an anus face no he says kiss my anus oh damn it and then he says anus isn't a cuss word <laughs> which is a direct tie to the last movie that we talked about the hole in the ground wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. <laughs> which uh the kid says anal he sa- he says i think he says something about anus face he calls the kid an anus face or something and he says and it's a body part it's isn't that also a driving scene too they're driving and she says don't say that and he says but it's not a bad word that is true oh man <laughs> and that movie also um there's a doppelganger in that movie and the woods and the creepy <laughs> woods so it's a conspiracy <laughs> basically what we're saying is this movie is the hole in the ground but the thing that links the hole in the ground, this movie, and fuck. Velvet Buzzsaw? And Velvet Buzzsaw is that in all three episodes, we talked about butts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so bringing it all uh, full circle. Sorry, Marty, you suck. You got to start talking about butts. <laughs> I almost just said around circle instead of full circle. <laughs> oh, man. Bring on the butts. All right. So... <clears throat> They get to the beach. Um, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, uh, we kind of skipped over this, but she really fought the idea of going to the beach with, for reasons that will be obvious later. But there's a really great interaction with her and her husband, uh, Gabe, where he like basically pouts. Yes. <laughs> He's like, well, I guess that's fine if we don't have to go to the beach. But, you know, um, what's the what's the kid's name? Jason. 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 He's like, Jason really wanted to go. He hasn't been since grandmother died. (laughs) It was really good. He's like, fine, okay. So, again, like, I don't know, you just like, I like these characters a Mm -hmm. lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we get to the beach and we meet Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker's characters. I love how Elizabeth Moss is playing a really shallow character. Yes. Can I, we back up though? Yeah. 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 Because I wanted to touch base on the ambulance I was and the dead guy that. being taken out oh, yeah, who yeah, yeah. is actually the Jeremiah 11 Jeremiah 11 11 yep. person from the beginning of the movie. I think he's the first body. Yeah. Yes. First sign that something is off here. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yes. Then we go to the beach. Yep. And Elizabeth Moss's character is super shallow. Tim Heidecker's character, pretty shallow, too. Yeah. I kept calling them the rich, white family. Rich, white (laughs) That's hard to say. The rich, white fam. Yep. Yeah. I love that her name is Kitty. (laughs) Perfect. Love that for her. Yep. (laughs) Drinking rose on the beach. Getting plastic surgery, which is uh, alluded to later on in the movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of their daughters also wearing a black flag Mm t-shirt. Yes. That was very nice. Yep. Yep. Um, Another quote that I wrote down. Well, I have two verbatim quotes was when Addie says, I have a hard time just talking." talking. Yes. Yep. And then the white lady, Kitty, saying, I think about murdering him sometimes, referring to her husband. Yes. Yep. And so then we see how Addie freaks out when Jason walks away. And it's 
clear later that it's not just a motherly freak out. She's worried that he was going to be taken because she knows that the tunnel is basically right there. And Mm -hmm. he was making tunnels in the sand before he had to go pee-pee. There's an interesting connection between her and him. Like, he sees Mm -hmm. things in her that no one really else, no one else really does. They have that moment where later he's asking her, did you think I was dead? And it's like she has this bond with him that she doesn't really have with the daughter. Mm-hmm, with Zora. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. And I I didn't necessarily know what to make of it. But like mm-hmm. if it's just sort of a character thing, you know, you bond more with one child than another. I don't know. But we don't have kids. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that generally most people try not to have favorites but you can't help but have a certain bond with some people over another i also part of me was wondering and this might be super far-fetched because i'm kind of afraid to say it but part of me wonders if maybe because he hides behind a mask he's able to see people Mm. differently so i love that okay well yeah i don't know if i'm wrong here but is jason a shadow person no I don't think so. I don't think so either. I got the feeling that he was at the very end of the movie. I think he knows she's a shadow person. Ah. But I I do think actually it makes sense if she feels that bond with him because he wears a mask and she's obviously wearing a mask. She's pretending to be um, the real Addie, Mm -hmm. but she's the shadow. Right. And he just feels comfort hiding behind a mask and kind Mm. of not being who he really is. That makes more sense. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So. So, yeah, he goes to the bathroom and she starts freaking out. She can't find him. He comes out and there's the guy standing there. Right. He sees. uh, So we saw the first body was the 1111 guy. Mm -hmm. Now we see the first hands across America guy. is Also 1111. So then after that, it transitions to their back at the house and she's watching like outside the window. I picked up on this because the watching outside the window just happens a lot or like watching watching like (laughs) that makes sense yeah like um lots of reflections obviously too mm -hmm. yeah and then on the tv it says 11 11 in the seventh Mm -hmm. inning yes i I wrote that (laughs) down too yep yep and um she's putting the kids to bed and when she she puts the daughter to bed first and then she goes and puts jason to bed and that's where they have that exchange i was just talking about yeah and they have Mm -hmm. an exchange and she says I didn't know if you were lost or taken. Right. And he says... <laughs> Is he terrorists or perverts? perverts. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So, it, you know, there's still a lot of humor, but that sinks in the second time. You're like, wait a second, taken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, uh, obviously, she finds his picture, too, where he drew the Jeremiah 1111 guy. And Mm -hmm. she asks, who is this? And he's just like, I don't know. And so it's just like, a, you know, he's he's a smart kid, but he's man trauma. The the kids in this movie get traumatized so badly. But even at that moment, you're like, he's already seen things that just I feel bad, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's nightfall. And. Um, then she goes and um, she's staring out the window in her bedroom and Gabe, her husband, Winston Duke's character, his pose on the bed. 
Hilarious. He's ready. <laughs> he is so funny. Oh man! But that's where she hey, he's such she, a big dude that that bed looks yeah. so tiny. <laughs> so I know. I felt so bad for him. I was like, can we at least bring in another size bed for this man? Like, <laughs> and so she actually tells him about finding the twin but obviously she doesn't give it the full context of you know which girl she is but she says that she saw this girl down there and it freaked her out and she thinks that the girl is coming for her which uh, spoiler alert she is (laughs) so then that's when the the power actually goes out and we're pretty much off and running with the sort of like home invasion part of the movie and whatnot we see them in the driveway dun 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 (laughs) Yeah, I remember sitting in the theater and seeing that family in the driveway and being like, what the hell? (laughs) Oh, hell no. Yeah, I think I said, oh, hell no in my head. (laughs) You may have said it out loud. I kind of remember that. Um, And and actually, we saw this movie. We don't usually go to the theater like opening weekends, but I think we might have with this one. I think we did. I remember it being very crowded. It was super fun, too, because people are very expressive when it's a good horror movie that everyone actually wants to see and i do remember people being like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) this was a fun one to see well this whole scene was super scary because not only is there a strange family out there but as ariana said the kid does the creepy crawly yes um like the husband evil gabe is fucking terrifying yes. he's huge <laughs> um well and then the husband doesn't lock the door so that's yeah. scary <laughs> the first time um i wrote that down fucking yeah wrote, yeah she tells uh Addie tells her daughter to go put on her shoes because you know like i always think about that like so i grew up with a lot of tornadoes and as soon as like it would start to get like tornado-y outside i'd be like all right i gotta put on my fucking shoes i gotta be ready for anything <laughs> like you gotta be ready mm-hmm. so that's terrifying yep. And then, yeah, the Heide key or white people, whatever he says. <laughs> it's like white people shit or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she's like uh, the, the evil Addie, quote unquote evil Addie, is doing that whistle as she approaches the door from the outside. Right. So at the beginning, when Addie whistles as a child and then Shadow Addie mm-hmm. whistles back, I wrote, if it whistles back, fuck that. Oh, yeah. You said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. Ariana had some great sayings. I just wrote some of them down as she said them. <laughs> so they get into the house pretty quick, honestly. So the, the Heidi Key opens the door and then they hit Gabe in the leg with the bat and he's down. And then they're pretty much in. They're breaking the windows. It's mm-hmm. it's all over from there. So they, they get them and they sit them down in the living room and that's where we get Addie's voice and Lupita Nyong'o just showing off her acting chops. She's mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Yes. But, you know, her her horrifying uh, story that she tells. Menacing. Yeah, very menace- menacing is a good word for it. Mm-hmm. I literally just wrote down in my notes, though, Lupita Nyong'o is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I liked, like, the little things, like, when Gabe went to push his glasses up. His, mm-hmm. his Abraham pushes glass or yeah, touched yeah. his face. Yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. I loved that. And Ariana were talk- and I were talking about this before we started, but um, the fact that his name is Gabriel and then his shadow is named Abraham. Oh, and it's very both are very right. biblical. Um, we were looking it up, and 
the names, they actually have similar meanings. Mm-hmm. I don't remember them off the top of my head. I just remember well, Abraham is father, father of, of many. many. Yeah. yeah. And Addie's character says opposite of ev- in every way, kind of. And it really is. They're opposites. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she kind of explains in this moment to what life was like down there in the tunnels and everything. She talks about eating the raw rabbits. She talks about the girl in the shadow and how, you know, the girl had life easy, obviously. And... She gives these really horrifying descriptions of giving birth to the children and mm-hmm. all that, and essentially says that she gave herself a C-section. Yes. Yeah. Oof. So, has not had a great life, and I think you can understand why there's some, um, um, might we say, uh, resentment, I, I guess. I would say so. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. of resentment. Little Enough bit. resentment to want to murder millions of people i guess so after we hear her little story the shadows start attacking their humans one by one and when everyone's out of the room the first line that addy tells her shadow is what do you want oh can hang on can we can we go back real quick because there's there's an important line there that we skipped which is uh when abraham like pushes up his you know imaginary glasses gabe asks him what are you people and she answers we're americans we're americans yeah so you know some some theme i forgot about that okay yeah 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 yeah. but sorry not not to get us uh, off track but you know there's that subtext of class and the haves and the have-nots and the rising up and kind of overthrowing and yeah So then it just kind of goes in depth on the shadows trying to kill slash torture their human versions. Mm -hmm. Um, The girl runs down the road. Everything was so personalized with how people were killed. Definitely. Or attempted to be. Right. Uh, Spoiler, the shadows do not kill anyone this time. Yeah, they're not very good killers in this particular family. They're not very smart. So I was thinking about this this time and I thought maybe there's a reason for that, because even though she is the one who planned all of this, so she can be the architect for it, she's not ultimately one of the shadows. Right. So I think there's hesi- some hesitation on her part to be a murderer. Mm-hmm. I, I just get the sense that even though she hates that other who stole her spot, she's not vicious Mm -hmm. because she Mm -hmm. has so many opportunities to just kill her if she wanted to Mm -hmm. like compare what happens to their family to what happens to tim heidecker and Mm -hmm. elizabeth moss and it's just like over in 30 seconds yeah Mm -hmm. which i think is also a really good sort of reflection of their family relationships Mm -hmm. where you see abby and gabe and their family fighting so hard and getting through so much and then Josh and Kitty <laughs> are killed pretty much immediately. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really any fighting to be had. Right. Right. Even their children. Right. True. That's definitely true. That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't mm-hmm. thought of it that way. Yeah. I mean, and I did write down this quote as well. She said, we want to take our time. We have mm-hmm. been waiting for this day for so long. I call it the untethering. Yeah. Yes. And obviously they have the scissors, so there's that symbolism there, too. I love the scene of the boys in the yes. closet. Yep. I was just going to talk about that and how uh, Addie had said, go show him one of your tricks. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a great scene. Just like the shadow wants uh, Jason to put his mask on mm-hmm. and then Jason wants him to take his mask off. Right. Yeah. It was still suspenseful, but like with a little bit of it, like 
innocence mm-hmm. thrown yeah. in. Mm-hmm. I think that the Shadow Jason uh, Pluto is a really interesting character, mm-hmm. too, because he, while he has this, you know, fascination with fire, he doesn't seem like he's trying to kill Jason. He wants a friend. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like they really are seeming to sort of bond and mm-hmm. just kind of be interested in each other a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. He's like the most sympathetic of the shadows. Totally. I do like when uh, Addie's head is being smashed against the glass mm-hmm. by her shadow and yeah. um, <laughs> they hear the boys screaming and she goes, it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Because that's totally a mom thing. I was going to say, as somebody who's not a mom, that seems like a very a very mom thing to say. Yeah. Right. So it's it, that's hilarious. Yep. Like. They're still, like, being moms. <laughs> yeah. When when the kid is trapped in the closet, the quote-unquote shadow, real... It's so hard to talk about them because she's the shadow Addie, but she's also actually the real Addie. But right. we'll just call her shadow Addie because she's in the red jumpsuit. So uh, she leaves real Addie at the coffee table. And I was just like, come on, you can't you can't pull that coffee table. No. <laughs> she was struggling so hard. Right. I was like, it's just a wooden coffee table. It's not bolted to the floor. That was like one of <laughs> yeah. my few moments where I, the, the, my suspension of disbelief, uh, really wasn't enough to, um, <laughs> but it was fine because she did get out and it's not that big of a deal. But I was like, mm-hmm. really? You can't, you can't drag a coffee table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so while all that's going on, I mean, there's the other two outside, like the daughter's running from her shadow and her mm-hmm. shadow is creepy and very evil, I would yes. say. Mm-hmm. And then um, the the dad is fighting in the boat, which is a great scene. Yeah. Because at one point they're both in the water. It's It's a good, scary scene. Yeah, that whole exchange was just really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a good... Just like a good action scene, like good horror scene has those beats where it's like high tension and then it kind of slows down and then it's back mm-hmm. and then it's down. Mm-hmm. And that one has all of those things. And I, this is one where I vividly remember being in the theater and people reacting to what's going on in the boat and the guy falling in the water and everyone just going like, oh, fuck. And I remember, <laughs> I remember Ariana was doing the same thing when I was we were like, watching oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, shit. No, no, no. Oh, no. So, yeah, just I think that's just really well done and really suspenseful. Mm -hmm. I'll say, too, that the way that everything was edited, sometimes it can be not with this movie, but sometimes it can be hard to follow and really feel like everything is happening at the same time. And that wasn't the case here. You could tell that everything was happening at the same time to the whole family. Yeah, definitely. Right. For sure. Well, Abe is the first one to die. Yep. He gets pushed into the boat's motor, which Oof. was always been terrifying to me. Very visceral, that yeah. moment. Yeah, it was a really cool scene, icky. though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. Because sure. I just remember as a kid being told not to put my hand too close to, you know what I mean. So yeah. I'm like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. yeah. When he hits his head on the motor and the and the, you know, you obviously know that the blades turn, um, and it kills Abraham. It, there's so much coming together in that moment that it's just really rewarding because we've seen over and over again the boat stall, hit the thing, and it comes back on. Um, there's that, it's just that climax of that fight. So he hits his head and boom. And then it's like the the release of like all those things coming back, but also the release of finally that guy is fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck Let's yeah. get out of here. Awesome. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So just, yeah. Then he gets back, you know, he gets into the boat and he gets them out of the house. They, they all 
run onto the boat and little Pluto is following behind them. And his moment when he sees Pluto coming down, he's like, oh, <laughs> get in the boat. It's the creepy crawly. <laughs> the creepy yeah. crawly clone, clone kid. <laughs> right. The way that kid moves, man. Ooh, it's like fours. the grudge. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And that mask, uh, it's just it's just good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Josh and Kitty. Uh, Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> So the first, the power surges, and immediately I was like, ah, damn it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You got to say what happened next, because then he goes, Ophelia, (laughs) and then Ariana goes, of course the house's name is Ophelia. (laughs) (laughs) Or of course its name is Ophelia. You didn't say house. You said, of course its name is Ophelia. Typical. (laughs) Typical. But yeah, the exchange between Josh and his wife is just, again, typical for the relationship we saw before in the other scene at the beach. So funny. Classic. Yep. I want to stay in my cozy spot. (laughs) (laughs) And the kimono. It just, yeah. It's perfect. It's great. As Ariana said, the lights go out. Mm -hmm. Then their backup generator kicks on because they're rich. So they have a backup generator. Right. And uh, I forgot that at the at the other house, uh, Gabe goes. Josh has a backup generator. Yep. Yes, <laughs> he, did. Yep. he did. So when it kicked on, I was like internally laughing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then Kitty comes out to the banister on top of the stairs and said that there was a rustling outside. Yeah. Maybe it's a squirrel. It's a squirrel. <laughs> what was the name of their their boat? Oh, oh, um, Biashin. Because <laughs> yeah, I need that in my life. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're, so they're looking out and he makes a joke and all that stuff. But then somehow, you know, the, the Shadow family has already infiltrated. They're already in the house. And so they're looking out and pretty much instantaneously, they're just like, whoop, and here we are and dead. Yeah. Fatality. <laughs> Everybody's dead. They yep. kill everyone like instantly. Oh, yeah. but he, the way it happens is he looks up. At his daughter's, mm-hmm. and the shadow twin comes out of, or she kind of comes out of the room or somewhere, and he's just like, hello? And yeah, <laughs> doesn't go well. Denzo. Yeah, Denzo. so the twins die, and then the wife and husband, but Kitty's still alive for a few minutes. Yeah, and actually, yeah. with all of the bickering that they've done, she actually crawls towards her husband. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a sad moment. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. that moment of humanity, of pathos for these people who are, we know are shallow, but they're still people, and they're not particularly terrible. They're just mm-hmm. shallow. So yeah. it's like you can be an asshole and not be a terrible person. Right. Just kind of an asshole. Right. <laughs> and then in typical hilarity, she tells Ophelia to call the cops. And Ophelia misunderstands her and starts playing NWA's Fuck the Police. police. (laughs) Yes. So Um. good. Oh, but also while she's crawling, too, the Beach Boys are playing. And and there's that great um, juxtaposition of the the tone of what's happening and what's playing. Mm And I mean, so Jordan Peele obviously is a comedic um, mind, but has an interest in horror. He's got two horror movies. But I feel like... So many of the beats in this movie come from comedy. With horror, you often hear that just like comedy, something is either funny or it's not, and something is either scary or it's not. And he's got that instinct, I think, where it's he knows how to frame something to make it truly horrifying in what otherwise could be cheesy. And that's one of those moments where it's just horrifying to watch her suffering and mm. the Beach Boys are playing, and it's this really upbeat song. It's so well done. It is. And well, so it is. I would like to take a minute. True crime buff over here. 
Beach Boys had a connection to Mr. Charles Manson. I knew you that were is going true. there. I knew it. Yep, yep. So I'm just throwing that out there. True. And his family that massacred Stabbing a family. rich person who got stabbed. Who, mm-hmm. who demolished a wealthy family. Oof, I did not. Do you, do you think, though, that Jordan Peele like put that much thought into playing the beach boys at that moment it lines up you don't know him he might have it lines up in a weird way yeah well before we go there i just wanted to say too because again thinking about the oppositeness Mm -hmm. of everyone because kitty is so well done and nice and then her opposite has like the nastiest greasy hair and like yeah yeah so yeah throw that out there right right after um all of that happens nwa is playing and cut to Addie's knocking at the door, and just a great cut, because you're like, no. (laughs) It's also fantastic, because she gets pulled in, and the rest of the family's outside, but when they go in and open the door to rescue their mom, the first lyric goes it's gonna be yeah. a bloodbath right <laughs> yep yep it's so good yep very well timed yeah mm-hmm. tim heidecker just so good as that creepy insane version of himself still wearing the kimono mm-hmm. right another person really coming from comedy obviously but has done a lot of dramatic things too mm-hmm. uh he's in this i don't know if you guys have heard of this but he's in this movie called the comedy which I was just such an unsettling movie. So if you only know Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric and and Adult Swim and all that like goofy craziness, watch the comedy and see him in a way that is just so unbelievably fucked up. I feel like an idiot. I didn't realize that was him. And as soon as she said Tim and Eric, I was like, oh, yeah, that was him. But yeah, like, he yeah, did such he, a good job like going into that character. Yes. I forgot. He, yes. Yeah, he's got some serious <laughs> acting chops. Like, he, he can act. He's able to switch between just being, you know, acting as a kind of dickish guy mm-hmm. to being this insane thing that's you know yeah with almost like joker-esque movements yeah. yes mm-hmm. yeah he ends up you know chasing gabe onto the boat and um oh, there's the the flare gun fail which is just yes. a, again another moment that like could have just been played for laughs but is also horrifying at the same time mm, that it's right, funny right. you know actually i wanted to talk about the um shadow kitty in the bedroom <laughs> while Addie is handcuffed to the yes. bed trying on the lipstick and that there's there's this really gentle instrumental music playing and she's almost sort of playing into the life of mm-hmm. human kitty right. looking at the dresses and the mirror and then she goes to stab Addie in the face and instead of stabbing Addie she goes to the mirror and slices herself in mm-hmm. the cheek. Okay, I have my thoughts but I want to ask you guys what why do you think she didn't stab Addie in that moment? Because she could have very easily. She could have. I don't... I'm not too sure of the reason why she didn't stab Addie, but I, in the beginning of the movie when they're at the beach, she did tell Addie that she didn't need plastic surgery. Right. That's and true. she's been getting plastic surgery herself. That's so I true. Think, I think that's why. That's a good one. I was thinking it's because Addie's off limits. That's what my theory was, too. Yeah. Because if you're like in charge of like i feel like it's typical for you to be like everyone else can be killed except for this person they're mine she's mine yeah well, maybe do you think she knows that Addie is a shadow oh that's, that's possible that's the too. other thing i was like yeah. she knew that she's a shadow so she can't kill her even though she has this life that yeah she right. that's very true. i don't know maybe it's yeah. bo- a little bit of both maybe you know how does how does uh 
Gabe actually kill what's his name on we the don't, boat? We don't see it. Okay, but we, we do, don't. Yeah, we they, see. He goes into the. He goes below decks. But we do see um, Shadow Kitty in the window again with those reflections Mm -hmm. she's crying at first watching it happen and then she starts laughing Mm -hmm. so at first i didn't think that gabe had made it out because she was laughing is that what she's doing in that moment she's watching them yeah Yeah, i think so because you can hear them fighting yeah she does that and then she kind of like fakes a silent scream yeah but then she starts grinning yeah I didn't know if she was, like, looking in a mirror. Yeah, I think she was watching I got the feeling that she was watching them fighting in the boat. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, while all this is happening, um, the kids sneak in, and uh, they use a golden club. Mm -hmm. It's a putter, right? Is that a putter? I don't know. I I can't remember. I I wasn't... I, I guess I didn't actually... I'm Scottish. I feel like I should know more. Everything about is golf. a putter to me. I just I've only ever played mini golf. It was a wedge. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. Um, it was a it was a driver. It, was, it definitely was not a driver. I, I know that much. But now I'm trying to remember what it actually was. But well, um, it's gold. That's all that matters. Okay. Yeah. 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 And yep. then um, Jason picks up a geode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Those things are expensive. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm sure a gold pot. Uh, whatever. Golf. Utensil. <laughs> <laughs> so they go and kill the shadow twins and then they also they kick ass yeah they do. yeah and then they also go save their mom okay so once everyone's dead dad comes back in and he says i'm done with boats yeah uh, <laughs> funny line <laughs> so then they're just kind of watching tv for a little bit trying to recoup for a minute well so they're they're trying kind to call of, 911 yeah yeah they're trying to call 911 mm-hmm. they can't get through and they're like they're, it's happening everywhere, basically. And they're also sitting near one of the twins who fell off the balcony, and mm-hmm. she looks very dead, mm-hmm. but um, she he's fell onto the coffee table. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's icing his leg, yep. And then they kind of have that realization. Uh, the kid asks, uh, Jason asks, how many twins are there, basically? How many twins of everyone are right. there? And they turn on the news, and we see that kind of like zombie apocalypse vibes from right. that scene. <clears throat> Totally. And there, here is actually one of those moments where I realized that something larger was happening, that there was a twist yeah. coming. Right. And I wrote down Hands Across America. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, Definitely. Because that's also when we first start to see that chain being formed, the mm-hmm. human chain. Right. And then uh, they decide, they kind of talk about what they're going to do. And Gabe says, uh, why don't we just stay here and we'll set up some Home Alone type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's that dilemma of, of those zombie apocalypse type stories where it's what do you do in a, in a zombie apocalypse or a crisis like this? Do you hunker down? Do you try to travel? And her point is that Addie's point is that the shadows know them and they're going to know and they're going to come to that house and they're going to find them. So they can't mm-hmm. just stay there. Her direct point. quote is they think like us. They know we're where we are right yes um, and they've been planning for this but before they leave the twin who fell from the balcony is no longer on the coffee table and yeah. we see a certain side of Addie for the first time and jason actually sees the side of Addie for the first time mm-hmm. where she actually kills her and she's kind of snarling and grunting and all that just the way the shadows do I think that might be when Jason, like, starts to really realize that this is not somebody who might be human. Yeah, Yeah, something else is going on here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, so they're trying to escape, and then they don't have the keys, so she runs back into the house to yeah. get the keys, and that's when right. the situation goes down, yeah, yeah. and I guess he goes in to check on her. Yeah, right, exactly. So, <laughs> one of my favorite moments, I didn't really pick up on it the first time, but when they're in the van, and they're about to drive off, they start talking about who has the most kills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> and they're we, actually doing counts. <laughs> before we go to that, though, I wanted to say, too, that the other interesting thing was that she killed with the same instrument that the other shadows are using. She grabbed the scissors mm-hmm. and killed oh, the shadow yeah. with the oh, that's true of their old weapon, the scissors. So, yeah, now we can go back to the car. Yeah. Yeah, they're in the car, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Shadow Zora appears <laughs> at the end of the driveway, and Human Zora guns it. Yep. Which is what I would have done. Right, oh, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But nimble little... Creepy, crawly clone kid. <laughs> ...creature that she is, <laughs> she jumps up onto the van and uh, or SUV. Van? SUV? It was a Land Rover, I believe. Oh, so SUV. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, not a van, jeez. Um, <laughs> Hold on, so, was it a Land Rover or a Range Rover? Hold are on. you actually looking this up? I like. I actually liked that fancy ass vehicle, so it's like, <laughs> I think oh, it's man. a Land Rover. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, she... Yeah, it's a Land Rover. <laughs> so she gets, she gets onto the Land Rover, and... Um, Oh, what a nice Land Rover. Hey, anyone out there, if you... My dad works on cars, okay? Like, I have to at least notice what they're, <laughs> they're driving. If there's any distributors of Land Rovers out there... I would are, like one. <laughs> you know. Oprah? We live in very Oprah, disgusting weather. That's true. Yeah. We... Yeah. Snowy okay, area. Okay, sorry. All right. So... <laughs> Where Moving were we? On. Where were we? So she, uh, so she's on the roof of the car. Yep, and she's using her scissors yep. to stab into the glass. Those are some strong scissors. Seriously, <laughs> what are they made from? I don't know if glass breaks in that way, but they're, what? Whatever. They're I'll like made from what elves swords or swords are made from, like elf swords, you know, Valyrian steel. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so. She is on the on the roof for a while, and then obviously hit. Um, um, what's the girl's actual name? Zora. Yeah, yeah, Zora's driving. She speeds up, hits the brakes. Girl goes flying into the trees, and then Addie gets out and makes sure that she's dead. And this I, that this, is, this is one of the points though where I realized started to realize that Addie is not. That's what I was just going to say. The first time I watched this, I think this is where I was like, she's a shadow person. Yeah, how she was reacting to how she was shad- comforting her. Yeah, the shadow daughter dying. I did not have that reaction. Why did you feel that this was a like an indicator for you? Because she hadn't reacted to she well she hadn't reacted to any other shadow person this way, mm-hmm. but I think and it's her the vision of her like looks just like her daughter. Yeah, but that's why I was like, okay, I think she would be sad Mm-mm. regardless, uh, right? I don't mm-hmm. think so. I don't know. Just I don't know. It was something to me clicked. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It was the way she was like the the noises she was making. Oh, yeah. okay. Because it was the shh, but it was a. I don't know how to yeah, describe the it was like yeah. their language almost sort yeah. of like wordless. Yeah. And yeah. she also wasn't afraid when she grunting. was like swatting out at her and grunting. Right. And she yeah. kept just being like, no, no, no. Like, okay. So we get to town. She dies in the tree. Mm-hmm. They're driving through the suburbs. There's bodies everywhere. And uh oh, there's a burning car. And it's theirs. Yep. And the kid says, I, I didn't catch it this time either, but Jason says, it's the one that looks like me. I think that's his line. Can but- I? Can I just say, 
that this was the moment where he was standing there snapping. Yeah. yeah. I, was, yep. I wrote snapping like Jackson. <laughs> so like the glove came back and I was like, there we go. Snapping like Jackson. And they're all like zombies. Hashtag snapping like Jackson. And they're all like zombies, like thriller. I'm just throwing that other yeah. out there, that image. And the thriller t-shirt from yeah. earlier in the movie. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Thriller t-shirt, one glove. This yep. movie is two seconds snapping away like from Jackson. everyone, you know, choreographed dancing. The thriller That's all dance. they needed. That's all they've left out. Oh, there is choreographed dance take that back that's true there is oh, at shit. the end whoa wow and suddenly Mind we're in a michael jackson mind, yeah. video oh my god <laughs> this movie is just a great big michael jackson <laughs> music video yeah holy shit we figured it out we figured out the key it's a big old done. michael jackson rick roll yeah <laughs> and we're done <laughs> And scene. Oh, oh, oh. And remember when Michael Jackson caught his hair on fire and the kid's face was on fire? Wait, what? I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't remember Michael that Jackson either. caught yes. on fire? He got his hair on fire. I don't remember this. What? what? You guys don't know this story? No. Yeah, he caught his hair on fire. We'll look it up later. Um, if you find this, can you link it on our Facebook or Oh my god, whatever? everyone knows about this. Uh, we gotta share this out. Two out of three people it. in this room do not know about this. Right. Okay, we're gonna have to come back to this. Alright, so, um, they're in the car and Eddie gets out and she's kind of trying to reason with Pluto and Jason realizes, he's kind of like looking at the kid and he sees the snapping and I think he realizes and ready he for says, this? it's a trap. Michael Uh-oh. Jackson had a fire accident on January 27th, 1984, when he was shooting a Pepsi commercial. He, fans saw him collapse when his hair and jacket caught on fire. And I feel like you were... some pictures. I feel like you were acting like this was a thing that happened that we should have seen. <laughs> I thought everyone None knew None of us this. in this room were alive in 1984. <laughs> I thought everyone knew this, though. I definitely did not. I Maybe did not. Maybe because I was, actually, I was raised on some Motown and, like... Probably. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. No. Right, continue. Wow. Well... You can cut that. Well, piece of trivia. The reason I said 1983 for the glove thing is that that is... 1983 is when Michael Jackson debuted the single glove Yes, it is. I had a feeling you looked that up. Yeah. So a year later, he caught on fire. (laughs) So uh, speaking of catching on fire, it all comes back to the movie and the great big Michael Jackson music video. Uh, It's a trap. Um, So obviously everyone jumps out of the Land Rover. (laughs) Yes. God damn it. Everyone jumps out of the Land Rover and they see that the kid has a match and boom, he lights the thing on fire and... Well, uh, you're glaz- you're glossing over that so much. It's true. I am. Because it's like a mirror image. Yeah. yeah. Did you want to do it, Ariana? Because you also were trying to interrupt him. No, you can go ahead. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. So he like takes his mask off and then the ghost kid, ghost, mm-mm, shadow child... <laughs> Pluto does the same thing and then he starts he raises his arms and then the shadow raises his arms and then they both start walking backwards and the shadow you know who else walked backwards in a really fancy way Michael Jackson Michael oh Jackson. shit <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome um <laughs> so <laughs> so hashtag uh, the Michael Jackson connection yes <laughs> Just fun fact, Ben and I can both do the moonwalk. Can you do the moonwalk? I can. Yes, all three of us can. Yes. This is like a trifecta right here. (laughs) I've never met other people that can actually do the moonwalk. Wow. Yeah, I can. All right. Um, So the Pluto 
goes and catches himself on fire and uh Addie is screaming no right because she doesn't want him to die yeah but while that's happening the real Addie shadow Addie in the shadow, red suit yeah, yeah she grabs Jason and runs away right mm-hmm. there's been an abduction third act of the movie Addie is going down to confront Addie and get her child back so you know it's a revisiting of what the movie opened with, so she has to go back through... Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I just want to say... Hold up, hold up. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was actually kind of annoyed um, <laughs> with the logistical thing. And this is going to gross everyone out. The seagulls weren't picking any of the dead bodies. They were That's just hanging true. out on the beach. And I was like... The seagulls? Yeah, I was yeah. like, these garbage birds would be eating all the dead bodies Ooh. on the beach. Jordan Peele, next time, put some French fries by those people where That's they're laying. That's what you need. Yeah. They love French fries. It's true. <laughs> I guess... Although we should not feed our seagull friends human food. Well... It's true, but I had one sit, like close to me as my glass window could get him staring at me dead in the eyes while I ate french fries in the McDonald parking lot one time. <laughs> Scariest fucking moment of my life, I swear. Um, I mean, they're basically dinosaurs. Do seagulls eat carry-on, like, dead things, though? Seagulls eat anything, I think. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Well, there weren't any, like, turkey are buzzers. Seagulls, yeah, are they buzz, vultures? Buzzers. Would, they, would they do I that? I don't know. I could see them doing that. I'm just curious. Anyone well, out there who's listening, if you have video of a seagull eating a person, please send I don't, it to me. I us. don't want to see that. <laughs> I'll take a look. Just, you know, go ahead. All right. So, yeah, then he goes, she, so she goes through Merlin's and through the opening room and a little bunny comes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She finds the secret door. So the first time I thought it was super scary because they even wrote Hell's Escalator hell's escalator right <laughs> um but this time i was like this bitch knows exactly where she's going yep. yes yes that was another moment of mine she where i was like she knows shit. where the door is mm -hmm. she yep mm -hmm. yep i also wanted to point on um the change in music the deeper she gets yeah. underground mm -hmm. i thought that was really well done yep the underground looks like a hospital basically mm -hmm. and there's the rabbits everywhere they're freed and yep that's where this time i was like i think i understand at least my reading of the rabbits this time is where it sort of clicked for me and i was like oh it's just a symbol of being caged or not caged mm -hmm. i think um so yeah and then she finds the other addy and and the other addy in this case kind of lays out her whole theory and this is where i was kind of saying that I just feel that that a lot of that dialogue I understand why you might put that in but on the other hand part of me just wants to say Jordan Peele just cut it just let it be what it is it's just creepy but she says this place was made by humans I think that it was a government experiment and I, I don't know there's just something very underwhelming as soon as you say Kind of that conspiracy theory, government experiment uh, to have the tethers and they're sharing souls. I get it, but... Bodies, not souls. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. The one thing yeah. I found interesting, though, is while she was saying all this, like, government science stuff, she was also kept talking about God and how God right. brought them together. Right. Yep. And she saw God and all of yep. this. Right. So. And, and yeah, uh, if she's correct, then the soul is actually what's... They're sharing, so they have the same soul, so mm -hmm. different bodies. So 
you yeah there's that sort of pseudo religious aspect of mm-hmm. it too right and i i don't know it when you start to apply a single layer of logic you then have to look at the next layer and you mm-hmm. go where the fuck did they get all these clothes from who's making the clothes why are, is everyone the one mimicking <laughs> the, the shoes where from the 80s the, yeah the red jumpsuits where are they buying the scissors from right yep. paper construction paper where right you, oh, yeah where do you get that from Desk? where's all the chalk coming from right. all the rabbits rabbits yeah yep so the, yeah yeah <laughs> well the rabbits they could breed i guess but true but yeah you start to think about these things and the movie does start i i don't want to give it too much shit for that because i feel like it's too easy and you could do that with any movie but mm-hmm. if you start to apply that layer of logic of oh it was a scientific experiment blah, 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 then you you are asking the audience to start thinking about that and then they are starting mm-hmm. to ask those other questions and they're mm-hmm. seeing that it, none of it actually makes much sense well and i think my biggest qualm with that is that as i said at the beginning is that it's an allusion to a backstory and right. a, a tiny bit of a backstory and that's it yeah mm-hmm. that's all you get right and i feel like without exploring it further or like giving the chance to explore it further it's just kind of a silver platter of yeah. here's a backstory it's what we could come up with mm-hmm. it's it's hard to work in that you want to see the the tip of the iceberg and you want the rest of it to remain mysterious so that it's mm-hmm. creepy that's something that i think horror has to do in some level because when you reveal everything it's not scary anymore because as lovecraft said that old racist that <laughs> it's the unknown which is the most terrifying mm-hmm. thing to people and it's terrifying every time so i think horror has to walk that line and I just feel like he he's like just a little bit over the line in a in the way that he shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. But that's personal opinion and yeah. take it or leave it. You know what makes up for it to me? That dance fight scene. Yes. So I wanted to touch yes. on like movement in general yes. of the shadows. Yes. I want to say the movement of the shadows when they're mimicking the people at the carnival. Yes. And that flat and that flashback um to 1986 and also the movement of the dance where it's almost right right yeah and it's just just wrong kind of like the word song and psalm Mm -hmm. it's yeah you want to see it the right way but it's also that little bit of creepy Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and as a former dancer i just i loved it like i could catch oh it's just like holding my breath and like, oh, I loved it. Like, it was so good to me, someone that was trained in dance. So ballet is very difficult Um, it's very rigid. You have to do a, I mean, you put a lot of emotion into it, but it's different type of emotion from like the shadows version of her dance, which was way more like, I want to say raw emotion where she's literally like throwing herself on the floor yeah. and pulling herself by her fingers. Like, so it's definitely a different type of movement and you're right. The shadows themselves, like it's very, everything is like precision and dance. Like, and mm-hmm. yeah. it's, oh, I love it. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also, when you think about the practicality of shooting that, the whole shot, first of all, the cinematography throughout the movie is amazing. It's very good. Mm-hmm. And those moments, too, where they're actually fighting, remember that they're supposed to be doubles. And so, mm-hmm. obviously, they're using body doubles and stand-ins mm-hmm. for um, Lupita Nyong'o. And so, they he did such a good job with the lighting that it's 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 done in a way that doesn't draw attention to itself. 
But you can see, if you think about it, the practicality of it is it's dark because you can't see their faces because mm-hmm. you'll see that one of them is not actually her. Mm-hmm. But like in that moment, you're just not thinking about it. Right. Because it's just so well choreographed right. and well done. You don't need it either. The music, the, mm-hmm. yeah, the mm-hmm. atmosphere, the, the rawness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you touched on the music, the, the music of the fight that mm-hmm. Addie and shadow addy mm-hmm. had was so well done and it followed that fight so mm-hmm. well with the suspense and the build-up and then the quiet moments even from like a dance point of view it like the choreograph like whoever choreographed that dance like nailed it like yeah mm-hmm. yeah i again i won't go into like super dancey technology <laughs> but it it was per- Te- like technology yeah technology <laughs> the, <laughs> just like the certain um the certain moves just like they just nailed like when the violins were kicking it like it mm-hmm. nailed it so. yeah um end of the fight is that uh who turns out to be the original Addie, but who's wearing the red jumpsuit is killed i was uh, disappointed i wanted her to live yeah right i mean yeah she i feel like you feel bad for her yes the humanity yeah. of of what she's gone through I think we have to feel bad for her regardless of who she actually is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going back to that whole notion of the subtext and the other and the the lower class and the uprising, you ultimately root for the underdog and Mm -hmm. she's got such a sad life story. I'm just going to say redness and communism. I just pulled that together. Oh, shit. (laughs) I wondered what was with the red jumpsuits and the symbolism of red, and that actually makes sense. It reminded me of Handmaid's Tale, honestly, but that's a whole different basket Mm, of eggs. At first I was thinking red for, like, blood, but now I'm like, commies. So, touching on blood, um, the room that the fight started in, that classroom, had like blood red handprints mm-hmm. all over the place mm-hmm. and by the end of the fight i was pretty certain pretty pretty certain that the person we thought was shadow addy was actually human addy mm-hmm. yeah but when she finds jason in the locker mm-hmm. and she extends her hand yeah and it has that red blood on it yeah. i was like ah oh, yep. damn it red-handed <laughs> yep yeah so yeah. jason we don't know if he sees the whole thing but we're pretty sure he does he's locked in a locker yeah mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Addie is like grunting as she kills, and it's just real—it's really brutal the way she kills. She snaps her neck. Yeah, mm-hmm. she she, well, she doesn't even snap her neck really. She she it gets cracked. her. Did it crack? It yeah. did. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she she gets her the hand or the uh, yeah the chain around her neck and just pulls and pulls and pulls, and it's just really horrifying. Um, yeah. And she's crazy. And so then we see that, you know, um, she gets him out of the locker. They ultimately, you know, the family's back together. They're driving away and we get the reveal. We actually see the the real backstory. So mm-hmm. and we learn that the switch, the, the twist that she is the one who stole the real Addie, locked her in her place and took her place in the upper world. Yeah. Which is why she couldn't talk, because she never knew how to talk. Right. Right. Um, and that's why um, the Addie, who's wearing the red jumpsuit, can talk. Mm-hmm. So. And then just the look that her son gives her at the end, like, he so knows. Yeah. yeah. But I love that even though he knows, he puts his mask down. Right. Yep. Oh, that's really good. Yep. Yeah. He's got to hide what he knows, mm-hmm. basically. And then she, like, smiles. Yep. Yeah. She smiles and looks away, and the yeah. smile goes away too like she then looks very serious and then 
Last shot is we zoom over the hills and everything and we see the hands across America, all the red, the people in red, and they're all linked up and they're across mm-hmm. the mountains. This basically. was the one song choice I did not like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that song. It's from a commercial that comes on Hulu all the time. Will somebody take me to the fair? Yeah. <laughs> No. I almost started Take yourself it, to the fair. <laughs> I almost started singing it, but I'm going to save our listeners' ears a little bit. So. Okay. We are getting to that time. We have two questions that we need to answer that was really loud first. Was it scary? Hmm. I think the first time I watched it, it was suspenseful because I didn't know yeah. where it was going. It's suspenseful. I would I would agree. I concur. It's, it's so the first, like, attack... It is a home invasion story, like The Purge or um, Why Am I Drawing a Blank Right Now, Funny Games, or those types of movies where it's like home invasion, the strangers, whatever, mm-hmm. people in masks come to your house, whatever. And those are, by their nature, sort of these domestic stories of people coming in and terrorizing you. And I think that's a that's a visceral fear that people have. And so in that sense, I think I think the the imagery throughout is scary like there's those oh shit moments right where they need to be see i was thinking more of it as like a zombie apocalypse type of movie Mm, yeah which is also pretty scary if you think about it it's a cool combination between those two things one of the things i appreciate appreciate about this movie because ariana said that one of the shadow people sounded like a pterodactyl but i thought they (laughs) sounded like a a, like a classic zombie and i was like right so yeah that's true i mean the the inability to speak I guess. Yeah, that's pretty scary too. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I agree, and I think that it's suspenseful. For me personally, I wouldn't put it towards me being terrified. Yeah, and I think going back to what Ben said about the unknown, I think that's the scariest part for mm-hmm. me as far as apocalyptic overview goes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I agree, suspenseful more than anything. Mm-hmm. It's the premise is kind of outlandish. So it's not like you see this happening and you're going to mm-hmm. go to bed and be scared of your double coming for you. Mm-hmm. But moment by moment, I think it's scary when it needs to be. Yeah. So yeah. is it is that fear going to last? Probably not. No. Probably not beyond the credits. Yeah. So in that sense, it's not scary, but it's scary as a right. as an experience. It's and, suspenseful and i would agree it would be scarier if you didn't tell us so much that happened so yeah now it's time for our second question does this movie have lasting appeal i think so i think so as well because it has that like social commentary yes i agree and i could see myself watching it again just as you both did to see sort of what i missed mm-hmm. while i understand the plot at this point it would be nice to see if i find any easter eggs the second time right. around and you will And I will. (laughs) Yeah. So this is tough because this is, we haven't really approached the elephant in the room, which I mentioned in the opening that obviously Jordan Peele really got his horror, his, his name into horror through Get Out, which was this huge blockbuster horror movie. And it was so right for its moment it was about race and it was about injustice and it's about you know the fears that um people of color face in america in particular and it was such a perfect movie for its moment and then this movie came out and there was no way it could live up to that and i 
I hate to say it, but I don't think that it did. I think that's why people who were diehard fans of Get Out kind of felt let down by this movie. It's doing similar things at certain points, but it I don't think it's going to hold up as well as Get Out. But I think it's a good movie in its own right. I think it's extremely well written and well directed. And I think that if you can just get past those little logic things, I think it's well done enough that I hope that people will kind of view it for what it is and stop comparing it mm -hmm. to get out because they're two different things. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you make a masterpiece right off the bat, it's it's hard to follow that up. So I, I think no matter what, Jordan Peele is going to be viewed as some sort of horror icon. I think and this he's like the next Hitchcock. I think when we're like in our 50s, there's going to be Jordan Peele sets selling. Like there's Hitchcock <laughs> sets. Yeah. There. I don't know if I would go that far because I feel like that's the hype. But I, I just feel like it's... I mean, a, he's redoing Twilight Zone. There we go. Right. So here's what I... I think we're going to be talking about the pantheon of Jordan Peele and like... Like the people, people are going to look at Jordan Peele the way they look at Christopher Nolan. And they're going to be like, it's a Peele movie. Like, when's the next Nolan movie coming out? When's the next Peele movie coming out? And that's fucking awesome that we have a horror director that we can say that about because mm -hmm. horror needs more of those um, auteurs like those people who we just look to and say, show me something fucking awesome. <laughs> and I think it's cool that I do think that in that sense, this movie is going to be talked about in that way. Yeah. But I don't think it's necessarily going to be viewed as one of the greats. So I'm trying to think of it as I'm trying not to compare it to get out. Yeah. It, period. Just thinking about it on its own. Like, I know I I feel like it... It did get a lot of people were excited and I know a lot of people were kind of let down because it wasn't the same as Get Out. It can't be the same movie. But you you can't have the same movie. Yeah. And I don't think we want the same movie. I don't think Jordan Peele wants to do the same movie. Right. I think audiences honestly would have been more upset if it was the same movie slash this wouldn't have lasting appeal if it was the same movie. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that if you have to look at it on its own. And in that sense, I think it is definitely worth watching. I think that it will have lasting appeal. Again, I think because like you said, he he is like kind of a name brand now. So I think that in that sense, people are going to want to watch all of Jordan Peele's movies, mm -hmm. just like we watched all the Jason movies yeah. or like yeah. all the yeah. Nolan movies. So I think it will have lasting appeal. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he does next. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay, everyone. So that's it for this episode of last year's horror. But before you go, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for news and announcements. And one last thing. This is overdue. We are now four episodes deep, and I have been neglecting to give credit to the very talented human who performed our theme music. Mm. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. I'm and just kidding. That talented human is Marty Alaco, who you might remember from our very first first episode where we discussed our favorite movie 
of 2019 Escape Room. Marty is super talented, and he's in a band called Willow Bay, and he knows how to produce music and audio. So we'll post some links to his stuff again and profusely apologize for not giving him credit for the theme music sooner, which we hope has gotten stuck in your head like it has in ours. We love you, Marty. (laughs) Thanks, Marty. And thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ariana. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.